This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson with you. Uh, Subscribe wherever it is that you are watching or listening right now. If you haven't, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button. Uh, helps us out, helps other people find it. Don't be selfish with the podcast. Share it with all your friends and uh, and strangers on the internet. But you don't have to do that like personally. You just hit the like button and then they'll see it. All right, so offense. Uh, this will be better than talking about the defense, but not necessarily in the first half. Um, part of that is opportunity, but they also don't have a ton of opportunity because they went three and out a couple of times. What yeah. happened offensively in the first half and how did they eventually get things rolling? Well, I just think it kind of shows you, at least in my opinion, you know, this is one guy's opinion, how the offense is built. It's not like an explosive play, chunk play offense. They need to convert on third down. And I think that's something that is kind of intuitively obvious to fans. But, you know, for example, the first third down they have and they run that dive to B-Rob and then uh, Gates gets beat by number 97 on the line stunt or the run stunt and ends up being attacked for loss. Like, I... What? I mean... Can we talk about that play for a second? Sure. Like it's creative, it's different. Um, if it works, everyone's like, ah, oh, that's awesome. Cool. Look at EB going 1940s NFL, running a pro set. But like, how many times did they practice that? Well, that that's kind of their that is their short yardage philosophy. Like, if you look at what was that, Philly, right? They run the same play, but it's I'm trying to remember who was in, but it's like B Rob's at the at that, or it was Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez is at the, yeah. the fullback spot. And they hand the ball to him, and you know he's able to kind of ride the wave and get the first down. I think you're trying to hide the back a little bit and sneak him in there. Personally, I'm like, if you have a run you like, call it like just call yeah. the run. You know, I, and, I just feel like they're not very confident in short yardage right now. Like they did the Logan Thomas QB sneak thing a couple times. Like they're doing, they're doing, and I I wish I had a better term for it, but they're kind of doing wacky bits in short yardage, and it's like. Yeah. Do you not just trust your guys to run duo or inside zone or whatever and get one yard? Yeah. Like to me, I, that's always where I've been philosophically. But you know, Eric Bieniemy's knows way more about this. Well, stuff than and I do. you know, remember on the staff, you have different people. You have like a short game, a short yardage game coordinator. You know, one of the coaches, mm-hmm. maybe Randy Jackson. I don't know, or Randy Jordan. Excuse me, Randy Jackson. Yeah. Well, Randy, Randy Jackson Jordan. is he still doing American Idol? I don't know. It doesn't I don't matter. know. Whatever he's doing, uh, but. 
you know, he'll kind of be like, hey, I, I like these short yardage plays. And then if EB is a good offensive coordinator because he's handling a lot of other stuff, you know, there's a run game coordinator, pass game coordinator. They all kind of bring him stuff. And then he's able to kind of distill it down and find what he likes. So obviously they all made a decision that they like this play. And I don't hate the play, you know, I don't hate the play from a philosophical standpoint, but I'm just like, there's got to be a play that you've, repped more that you feel better about right you especially know, like, in a short week like yeah that's kind of what i would say and, and, and again they, they run this play out of different formations so maybe it's the same play just a different formation and you just get got in a weird situation i just i don't i don't like that play i don't i don't like the fullback dive deal you know unless you're yeah. running like with a fullback like san francisco runs it a lot with kyle Yuschek, but he's in every play so it's very you know distracting you know when you everyone christian mccaffrey's back there they run a motion everybody's looking around kind of sneak it to him here it's like guys look what we're doing who's going to get the ball do you think and it's like i know he's going to get the ball b rob's going to get the ball like you're not going to give it to terry right here so that's kind of <laughs> right. my my thought on that but again like it's worked for him in the past so i'm not gonna be too critical of that but you don't get that first down and it ends up being a huge deal and again you don't get the ball back until what I, what's the timestamp on that it's something crazy like it's like midway through the first quarter you have two drives in the first yeah, quarter four, 418 in the first quarter you get the uh the ball back so you have two drives, and then you go three and out off a sack and on the second drive. So I, I it's just it's good offensive approach, but you gotta make sure that you're you're efficient and effective in this offense. Like they're just not good enough, they're not talented enough to overcome bad situations. Like, for example, when you watch Kansas City or you watch the Bills for another example, they'll get in second and twelve, and you don't feel like for a second that they're in any danger here, just because the quarterback talent isn't isn't them isn't Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. I'm not insulting Sam here, but yeah. like it's going to be, it's, it feels more laborious to get that back. So just making sure you're positive down in distances. And that's just like kind of football one oh one. but that to me, that's the big crux is you couldn't. And the other thing I want to say too, you got me thinking here, Craig is it's my the, job. Yeah. Is that I really felt like they didn't, at least in the first, first drive, couple of drives, they didn't understand or Sam didn't understand kind of what Eberflus was going to do. Eberflus is this mm. very soft, very conservative coverage structure. And it's like, just check the ball, just spam the check down until they get out of that coverage. Like, that's really what you want to do. And the I think it's the first drive of the second half. You see them, they throw a screen, ends up being a big play. Throw it to Gibson, ends up being like a 15-yard play. Because he's just checking the ball down quickly and being effective. And then Eberflus on that drive, I think, brings a pressure. But like he wants to play these conservative coverage structures. And so I just felt like Sam didn't really get it. Like there's a time where he's trying to wait for the corner. It's like just throw it to the flat. It's five yards. Let's get in second and five, be at a manageable down distance. Instead, we take a sack, it's second and twelve. And it's like, okay, now we're kind of boned. So I felt like there was a much uh, there was a maturation from Sam in terms of understanding, and it, you know I might be projecting, but that's what it looked like in watching the film. So that would be the biggest. No, transition. I think that's I think that's something that's like an offshoot of what we've talked about, where you know we were kind of asking the question out loud rhetorically, like has Eric Bieniemy learned how to call an offense for Sam Howell and not Patrick Mahomes, the guy no. who takes the, the most sacks per pressure uh, versus the guy who takes the least. And I think part of that is obviously Sam helping himself. These are all multifactorial equations. Look at me sounding like a big old, there you go. Usual. Wow. um, but like, that's, that's part of it, right? Like, you know, if you're in second and 12, the other team's going to bring, bring pressure and you struggle with pressure, avoid second and 12, take yeah. the check down. Like yeah. some of that is on Sam, um, where it's like, yes, technically there, this is a deeper route concept, 
But if they cover it, fine, just take the take the easy one. Because if they right. cover deep, that means there's a lot of space shallow. Right. And so like these simple calculations that are very easy to sit in this comfortable chair in front of a microphone and say, and Sam has to do it in real time, like it is what it is, but like that's yeah. his job. And so making sure, and I think that's going to probably be a continued point of emphasis for Tavita and for EB and for, for everyone who's in Sam's ear and Jacoby and, and anyone else is like, Hey man, just do the Alex Smith. Don't go broke to making a profit, make a profit. And how do you consistently, even if you miss a, a big investment opportunity down the field, how do you make sure that you do not put yourself in bad situations? And part of that is the play calling. Obviously, you know, can you, I think, more effectively use the screen game, for instance, um, is one area where I think that they've been successful in a lot uh, of ways yeah. this year and haven't necessarily used it as much as I would have thought. Um, but also, you know, running the football, being balanced. And, and Ron, for the first time, kind of said this week, he's asked a question about the offense and his default answer has been basically whatever EB wants to do is cool with me. And he, for the first time this week was like, you know, we want to, we got to make sure we stay on balance. We want to run the ball effectively. Like it was the first time Ron actually said something about the offense. And so play calling, but also, you know, to, to circle back to where we started here, like Sam's got to help himself. And that's not just on the plays where he's facing pressure, getting rid of the ball quickly or whatever, it's not getting into situations where the defense can bring a bunch of pressure in the first place. Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to – I agree with Ron. I think you got to run – because that's the other thing is, like, in the first half of this game, I don't think they ran the ball very well. Like, it was not a very efficient proposition. I think the best well, run was – It's different like than the second half where they didn't run it at all. Correct. But I do think, I do think there is something to your point of, like, Again, you see the offensive efficiency in the second half. Like they were great. You know, they were finding first downs, finding explosive chunks, and who cares if they're throwing the ball? But I do think you're just leveraging the offensive line and leveraging Sam a lot when you're not running the ball. Like I look at um the the the, the Chicago Bears, for example. I thought they did a really nice job of we're gonna run the football, we're gonna be consistent, we're gonna get into like third and manageable, third and shorts, and we're gonna convert these things with plays that we really like in third and short situations. Like the third or fourth drive of the game, it was like, you know, tush, push, tush, push, tush, push. And they're yeah. all in like the kind of these short things. And it, it, th that is not an efficient drive because they're technically in fourth down, but they convert a couple fourth downs with a, a very specific game plan play that they really like. So yeah. I, I, th I think there is something to, and this is really hard for coordinators to understand. Like it's hard for me at the high school level is running the football is it's not super efficient from an analytics perspective, but it is a low leverage thinking play that allows you to be more effective. And so that's something that, um, you know, right now they don't have a very diverse, at least game to game, like running philosophy because they're in the gun a lot. There's not a lot of motions. It's very stagnant. But can you kind of start scratching that a little bit, peel that back a little bit? Can we get in some different personnel groupings? Can we get into some different backfield sets? Can we use some different, you know, jet sweep type setups? And that's something where, even though the run game doesn't look super efficient, I think to your point, and it's something that I think the rooster brought to our attention is, can we just kind of scratch a little bit, see if we can find some plays that get us in better angles, get us in better situations to run the football and make that a little bit more efficient and, and be okay with that, that newfound efficiency, the screen game, the bubble teams, the, the, the quick game stuff, that's all been a nice addition, but yeah. you know, I think the run game, there's times where I'm like, man, I think there's more meat on the bone, especially, you know, given how the offensive line blocks. And I think the, everyone's going to come out of this game and say the offensive line played terribly. Like, cause I kind of thought that when I, after the game, but when you look at their grades on PFF and when you want, when you watch the down to down film, 
Like there are some beautiful pockets that you're like, like this. Yeah, I don't is, think they played poorly. Like yeah. I would say they run block poorly in the first half when they were yeah. run blocking because they ran six rushes throughout the or Robinson had six rushes uh for 10 yards. He averaged one yeah. seven to carry. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that he had a five yarder in there. So his other yeah. five carries were one yard on average. Not very efficient. Um, and, and then Sam has four rushes for 19. Those are scrambled, but they literally ran. 55 i think was the number straight pass passes. plays it's the most it's the most or called passes it's the most in the history of pff since 2006 so they started true. tracking this stuff uh in terms of of called passes in a row sam obviously runs a couple of scrambles in there but yeah like they weren't good but i, I think at the end of the day too like second and eight is better than second and 12 and like yeah. sometimes that's the math like forget all the analytics and you know kind of the new ways you can frame that data at the end of the day, I'd rather be in second and eighth than second and 12. And like, sure, can you get in second and 12 in a run play? Yeah, but like second and 14 means something went really, really wrong. But that's that's just what happens if you get sacked on first and 10. Like second and 14 actually ain't that bad of a sack even. So like, how do you Whoa. stay out of second and 14? You run the ball, and even if it's a two-yard game, like second and eight's a down and distance you can live with. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think I think what an analytics person would say to you is that, like, because of the penalty of holding, the penalty for holding is so great right now. It's a 10 yard. That's penalty, true. And That's they true. are and they're called at a very high rate, like relatively speaking to other plays. That's where you get that that negative variance that you didn't see a couple years ago. But to your point, some of the most efficient offenses in the NFL right now are running the ball like over 50 percent of the time, which is something I never thought I would see. But Kyle Shanahan has the highest run frequency of any team with the 49ers of any team in the NFL. And again, they have a quarter, they have a quarterback that's kind of supposed to be a passenger this year. They find ways to get explosive touches and they run the football with a diverse bunch of offensive personnel. And I think that there is something to be said. Like, can we just our passing game is solid? I think there's no doubt about it. We want our playmakers on the field, but can we get to some more creative runs? Even in that 55 play sequence, I'm really surprised they just didn't run a draw. Just run a draw. Like, here's a draw. Right. Let's run it right now. And then let's see, just to alleviate some of this, the pass rush being like, it's a pass every single time. Yes. But um, but I, I think in that second half, to, to your point, like, they did some really good stuff in terms of finding, like, Sam was excellent in terms of finding big-time throws. There are times where I think he gets a little bit antsy. He's, he's vacating clean pockets. He's passing up stuff right now, like on the second two-point conversion the one that he doesn't scramble in the following one, there's an Antonio Gibson is wide open on the yep. angle route. That happened a couple times in the game where you're like, that's a miss. Like, why didn't you see that? That should be a throw. The one to Diami on the post versus Tampa two, you call that play expecting Tampa two. the Mike linebackers kind of in no man's land. Diami's over the top and you missed that throw. There was a couple of those in there, but I think overall, you feel pretty good about Sam in the second half, but I think to yeah. your point, and that like, happens. Like we used to complain about that stuff with Kirk. Like, yeah, it that happens. happens with every every NFL game. Patrick Mahomes uh, even misses. One. You know, whether it's missing a throw physically or missing a throw mentally, decision. You know, to throw yeah. somewhere else, or, or you you don't see something like that stuff happens. That's a great it, point. It's, it's a great built point. in, but it's just you know 
when when the, the the margin of error is as small as it is because your defense gave up 40 like those things become bigger deals and, and i'm not saying he played bad i actually think he yeah. played pretty well yeah, no, i very, think sam played pretty well but he's very competitive and again those are things that will get better as he gets older and as he matures and as he gets a better feel and I know that's like a frustrating thing for fans to hear, but I think I think he's very talented. I think he's a good football player. It's just it's not he's not the best version of himself today. And I think he will get better as you go. But I think the O line played fine in the second half. I, I actually think they played pretty good. I think yeah. Sam played pretty good. I thought the receivers played pretty good. The problem is they didn't really play football in the first half, right? You get a bad interception when after you have a nice long drive, I think it was eight or nine plays that ends up in the field goal, then you throw a bad interception. And that interception yeah, on the first play of the drive. Yes, and it and it right and it felt like you had a little bit of something going. And think about you go down there, let's say you score a touchdown. It's 10-17. And it's like the complexion of that game looks dramatically different. And so as much as we want to give Sam his flowers, like that's a bad mistake. And yeah. I think he's thrown it late over the middle. Um, don't love that. Again, the first read's dead. They were kind of bracketing Logan Thomas in the slot because like they like to run that choice there with him. But again, those are situations where it's learning when the play is dead and throwing the ball away or taking a sack. Even taking a sack there would have been better, right? So there's a couple plays like that throughout. But overall, I think you feel pretty good about it. And it feels weird saying that in such a bad loss. I think the th the reason why it feels weird is because that first half was was just so poor. In the second yeah. half, you see you see all the positive things this offense can do and can be. In the first half, though, you kind of see the the worst versions of it them not converting on third down them not getting the ball back to the second half having one good drive turnover then you go into halftime that's it folks that's all you did in the first half hard to win a football game when that's the production so 100 percent oh and especially when you know obviously we know what happened on the other side of the ball um you, you, yeah. you don't have a chance um right. you didn't give yourself a chance offensively and your defense didn't uh didn't bail you out let's uh i want to zoom out even further like the farthest we can uh to to kind of wrap this up here quickly when you lose 40 to 20, it's national uh, TV. It's pretty embarrassing. And immediately, no matter what actually was the truth on the field, people are going to be like, they didn't try. They didn't want it. The effort's not there. Right. Like, do you have any concerns about kind of the mental, like the mental state of this team? Or when you watch the film, was this a team that played hard, but made mistakes and got their butts kicked? Uh, so I think obviously, and, and when it, when there's a blowout like this at any level, like there's going to be stuff that isn't good, right? There's going to be stuff where you're like that effort could be better. I I remember I you know I just watched it yesterday, but um, I I left the game film going, man, the D line played hard. They played hard. They played physical. And I know a lot of people didn't feel that way. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, like they converted a third and seven and two thirds and seven running the football. And to me, yeah. they got you with the pen. They run a trap on one for a gain of six, tush push the next play, first down. You're in two, three techniques. So you're really wide in the middle of the field. You run basically a dive, and the linebackers are dropping out because it's third and seven. It's an obvious passing situation. It ends up being a first down. So they kind of got you. Like that's what you like to do on third down. It makes sense. You want to increase your pass rushing efficiency. You get got. But overall, I think that group, even against the run, played really good. There's a couple plays, I think, you know, um, there was an explosive play where they're running an ET. Uh, so N goes inside, tackle goes around, that gets washed down. Barton gets caught up in the wash, ends up being an explosive play. Um, but it, it's so funny because we're talking about like five plays in the course of a whole game and everything else. I thought the defensive line did a good job. Obviously, the secondary, I think there's, you know, that's frustrating. It's frustrating, you know, it's uh, the, to have that level of production. But in terms of effort, 
it's not like I don't see guys not trying or guys turning down tackles. Like St. Just is an animal out there, right? And so from an effort standpoint, I think you're okay. Yeah. I think and what about a, like a, also like, you know, sometimes you can see this stuff on film because the TV camera will cut away and give you a hero shot yeah. or a replay. Like a guy's barking at each other, guys simping at each other. Like how, like I I, it, it's it. really kind of a wellness check, you know, in the yeah. locker room. And th this to me is like a really important question moving forward. And when we talk about the uncomfortable thing of like coaches getting on the hot yeah. seat and things like that, it's like, oh, as long as everyone's still bought in, like you just got to correct the mistakes. And I yeah. think that is where we are is like they're still bought in they're two and three it's week yeah. five everyone wants a head to roll because it was embarrassing and yeah they've lost three straight and it's bad and there's a lot of stuff to correct and I, and I think there's real questions about you know do they have the people in place to correct them sure and like why you know defensively for instance why is this happening again another slow start but I do think it's worth pointing out, even if it's unsatisfying and people are going to get mad in the comments section, bring it on. Like, I don't feel like this is like an effort issue. I don't feel like, like yeah. guys need to figure out how to make plays. That is, that is a different story, right? Like and defensive I, line, you're playing well. How do you make a play? If you're, yeah. you know, on, on, we've talked about the, the touchdown to more on the cover two situation. Yeah. Like if you're Kendall Fuller there, like, can you just be a football player and go make a play and see that and draw? And it's not your responsibility, but like you see that bad, something bad's about to happen. Can you fall underneath that throw and at least get a hand on it or challenge the yeah. throw? Like there, there can't just be like a, Oh, well we lost and there's no solution to it on a touchdown play that you give up. Um, that's, that's not good enough. There's, you know, what, what's the best possible outcome. And I think that's what needs to be figured out by this defense, especially defensively is like, how do you get better outcomes? But that is football. That is the NFL. That is not something yeah. extraordinary, extraordinary, not something remarkable in any kind of negative way. Yeah, I agree. And it's in some way, this is going to sound crazy to people, but in some ways these losses are good because it really forces you to like, as a coaching staff, be very uh, self-reflective and be like, what are we actually doing here? What are we doing to put our guys in good positions to be successful? Because we right. thought, you know, they, they put this game plan in thinking it was going to be great and it wasn't. So it's like, well, maybe this guy can't cover the way we thought he could cover. Or maybe this is too challenging. Maybe the rules are too hard. Or maybe like in this situation when he's in this alignment, he can't rush as well as we need him to rush. So though these losses, these types of losses, if the coaching staff is correct, and I, you know, I know, I know EB, I've, I've, I've known from college, like we talk when we're in the building, like talk about a guy who, who, who is going to use this as a motivation to get this team better, right? I think that's right. I think Jack has an element of that too. He's hyper competitive, right? If they take this the right way and the team takes this the right way, this can be very, very positive. And I know that sounds insane, but it, it forces you to kind of do a reality check. You have a little bit of a mini buy here coming off the Thursday night game. What were our projects? What did we study? What did we look at? Did we look at explosive runs from other teams? Can we put any of that stuff in? What are our coverage structures? What are our coverage rules? How does other teams do what we're doing? So as much as people want to say, like, this is terrible, and it, it's not great. I'm not defending no, the loss. Not good. It's Being, not great. When you start 2-0 and and then now you're 2-3, and three, that's definitively not good. It's not great. But I think this can be very good for kind of building a platform to say these are areas we can improve in going into the second quarter of the season. And if you come out of the second quarter of the season with a winning record, the, the whole thing's on the table for you. And I think yeah. that's what Ron's saying, especially given the strength of schedule. So um, this, I know fans, it's hard to, to picture that. But in the locker room, 
Like if they handle this the right way, this could be very, very positive. And, you know, like I think about 2012, like we had that bad loss to Carolina. Remember that loss? It was like we, uh, it was like right to, before to the Rob bye. Rivera's Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And it was right before the bye. And Mike was pretty much like, we got to reevaluate everything, you know, personnel decisions, the whole thing. And we came back and the groups were really focused and we played really well the second half of the season. And with that staff, that team took that loss the right way and were able to parlay it into something more. So I, I think this game against the Falcons, which are going to preview in a couple of days, is going to be very indicative of that. Yeah, I, I think to your point, to like distill it down to the most important thing, it's like, do you learn how to put your players 100%. as a staff? 100%. Do you learn how to put your players in better positions? Because you're currently asking them things to do things that they clearly are not capable of um, in the ways that you thought. And so Correct. we yeah. will we will figure it out. Uh, we will give hypothesis or uh, hypotheses hypothesis is, 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 is on uh, how that matchup goes with the Atlanta Falcons on our next podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to get that two days from now on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, of course, the free Odyssey app. Between now and then, uh, check out Take 5, our five-minute version of Take Command. And of course, I'm on the radio for a lot more than five minutes every single day on the Team 98427. We also stream that show live on the Team 980's YouTube page. For Logan, I'm Craig. We'll see you next time on Take Command.